Holy cow, these guys are maniacal. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You are listening to another episode of the Mets Millions Podcast. I'm your host, Ty Wilkes, along with co-host Mike Bresnack. We're coming at you to recap the Phillies-Mets series. We took two out of three, and the last one was not easy last night. Some crazy late-inning theatrics from both the Mets and the Phillies. We ended up getting the win. A lot of reason for optimism, a lot of excitement right now. We think the bats are coming alive. Lindor hasn't been hitting, but we think with the help of Donnie Stevenson, he can come out of this slump and join the Mets here. We had 17 hits yesterday. He didn't have one, but uh, we think he's right on the cusp or could be soon to break out. So, uh, yeah, a lot of reason to be excited, to be happy. Uh, again, please follow us on Twitter, at MetsManiacsPod. You can follow us on Instagram, MetsManiacs underscore. We're also on Mesmerize. You can go to MesmerizeOnline.com. Check us out there. Read the other articles while you're there. Go through the Mets news section. That's great. I actually use that uh, to prep for a lot of the shows. They do a great job recapping games and giving you all the stats and figures you need uh, to be a successful Mets maniac. So uh, as always, please go and review us on Apple Podcasts. Really helps people find the show and it makes me and Mike very happy. I hope you guys are having a great week. I hope you have a great weekend. And let's just continue to roll. I'm going to play that ad message and then lead you right into me and Mike. Hold tight. All right, Mike. So we got a three-game series against the Phillies. We ended up taking two of three, but it wasn't easy. Uh, I do want to touch on the first game we played. This was Friday, April 30th. We ended up losing the game two to one. Uh, our offense still looked stagnant in this game. Uh, of course, we only put up one run. Uh, Stroman started this game with five innings, struck out eight. Uh, the biggest point of this game that I just want to uh, mention is Alvarado coming on uh, to pitch. I believe it was the eighth inning. Um, he threw near Conforto at one point uh, up towards his head, and Dom Smith was jarring him over from the bench, and Alvarado kind of dismissed him with the wave of his hands. Um, you know, pretty rude. Obviously, the Mets players are frustrated with their lack of hitting as is their fan base. Um, and yeah, and then... Smith was up in a big situation and he got struck out by Alvarado and then Alvarado gestured towards him and really kind of stepped after him and was aggressive. And then Smith kind of re- uh, responded in kind and, you know, had his hands out. The benches ended up clearing. There was post-game comments too, where Smith was saying Alvarado can meet me in the tunnel uh, any day or after the game. And, um, you know, this might be an unorthodox take, but I'm all for this for the Mets. Uh, I don't know if it was 2016, but if you remember as Cabrera once had a like, you know, sick home run in the ninth right after Reyes hit a homer to come back against the Phillies. And then he was thrown at later in the season or the next game or something. Anyways, it sparked the Mets offense, which at that point was sputtering. And I kind of uh, theorized that the same thing might happen here where the Mets players get riled up uh, and then something like this could help them start scoring. And it seems like, that could be the case. Yeah, I think uh, something that was kind of noted a lot on Twitter and a lot through uh, the different different lenses of Mets fans was when the Mets weren't able to hit in that Red Sox series and in that Friday game one, it seemed like the team uh, was lacking a lot of kind of uh, 
like they're just lacking energy and that they were right. lacking passion. And uh, Dom Smith definitely showed that there was still passion for this team on that Friday brawl. Uh, although it never turned into anything, his comments during the game and after the game uh, definitely showed that there is still passion and excitement within this team. Uh, and I think you're right. It did kind of turn around the offense a lot. The two games after that, where they kind of do get excited, they kind of, uh, I don't know, they're, they're more eager at the plate. They're, it, it kind of just like, I felt like it almost woke the Mets team up. And I feel like Dom Smith is a very unlikely cause to even be within right. that, within that brawl. He seems like a very mild mannered kind guy. And uh, he had every right to be, uh, he had every right to be in that brawl. His posting comments were kind of made sense as well. He wasn't upset at the fact that, Jose Alvarado made that like gesture or whatever after he struck him out. Like he's okay with, he said, pimping strikeouts and pimping home runs. But uh, it was more the fact that Jose Alvarado almost like stepped to him and like try to fight him, like actually become uh, physically confrontational. That Which he did him. too, you know. It's one yeah. thing if you want to like do a Bauer kind of like McGregor stroll off the mound or even, you know, Stroman to use as one of our own pitchers. But he definitely incited Smith's response, which the league, uh, you know, elected to suspend Alvarado for three games. Obviously, he pitched yesterday because he's looking to appeal that. But they also fined uh, Dom Smith and Miguel Castro for their role, which I think was overboard. Um, but, you know, we let our bats do the talking the next two games. Uh, and if you see the very next game, we ended up putting four runs up in the first inning. Um, that's got to be the most we've scored in the first inning this year. Uh, we ended up only scoring five that game, you know. Um, but I think especially uh, prevalent in yesterday's game, we're more aggressive at the plate. And a big name here who's heating up is Michael Conforto. Uh, he was the hero in the game on May 1st, the second game in the series. Uh, the score was tied at four going into the top of the ninth, and he hit a home run um, to give the Mets a one-run lead. And then Diaz came in and, you know, was electric, striking out two batters, no hits, no walks, um, three batters up, three batters down, and we ended up uh, getting the win. Um, the last game in the series was just – an absolute whirlwind. So this was last night. We ended up winning the game 8-7 in similar fashion. We were down 4-2 in the eighth. And this rally was sparked first by Kevin Pillar, who had a great game of the dish. Uh, I think he got three hits. Um, yeah, he went three for five. He had a home run uh, to left field. He almost had a second home run, too, later in the same inning, I believe. Um, but anyway, so he hit a home run. VR ended up getting on base. Uh, and VR is such a mystery. He's come up so clutch. But he's also so volatile in his performance. I think his last at-bat against Eflin, he went down on three pitches, and he looked, like, tremendously bad. But kudos to him for coming back up, uh, you know, kind of settling down, and he was able to get on base. Uh, and we had Peraza come to the plate, who hit a liner off Hoskins' glove down the first baseline. And this is why baseball, again, game of inches. If Hoskins catches that ball, that could have been an inning-inning double play. He doesn't. It trickles on into right fields. He was kind of dismayed. He got the ball and kind of flipped it, uh, I think, to Bohm or whoever's playing second. And VR rounded from first to third, saw that, anticipated it, and sprinted home and was able to score at that point the game's tying run, which was absolutely monumental. Of course, we went on to put up six runs total in that inning. Uh, so the lead at that point was eight to four. But based on how the Mets' bats were going lately, I, I thought I love the aggressive play by VR, kind of mimicking right their offensive approach on the base paths as well. Let's get more aggressive. Um, and then from there, we had some huge hits from P. Alonzo. And then uh, I think you tweeted too with Alvarado came back up, bases loaded, and he ended up walking Conforto. He seemed wild as ever, you know? So um, you know, maybe he is just that erratic. And then Pete came up and hit a huge 
with the bases loaded, bases clearing double, three runs scored. Probably the biggest hit of the season, at least for Pete, definitely. Um, and then things got a little hairy in the ninth, huh? Yeah, so uh, I just want to circle back a little bit. I think what you said about VR is true. He is a volatile player, but Jonathan VR is one of those guys that the Mets haven't had on a base pass since Jose Reyes. Somebody who could kind of make the pitcher consistently think. And even that, if you if you think about that at bat to Jose Peraza, uh, Alvarado threw over, I think, three or four times to first base to make sure VR was uh, still there. And then even the hit that went off Hassan's glove was a hit and run where VR was running. And that could potentially had something to do with the play. Uh, somebody running in front of Hoskins' face. Maybe Hoskins didn't necessarily like see the ball. Maybe he's focused on calling out that the runner is running. Uh, anyway, and then that base and the way he scores is like incredibly electric. Uh, he's 31 years old. He's had some pretty good seasons. Last year he was pretty bad, but I think he could definitely contribute to this Mets team. And I think he'll continue to contribute in smaller roles. I'm not saying he's going to go back out and hit 25 home runs and bat 320, but I think that his ability to kind of fill in pretty much anywhere on the, uh, on the infield and even some corner outfield positions and be a very good base runner and a switch hitter uh, can definitely help the Mets out. <laughs> I like what you said about Pilar uh, really had a good game. He was getting a lot of hate for starting over Almora. Uh, Almora's obviously very good defensively. Uh, but Pilar came up offensively and really uh, showed his worth yesterday. Pete, first pitch off the uh, new pitcher that uh, basically in W touchdown. The ninth inning was nuts. Uh, we go into the ninth inning up 8-4, and we bring on Edwin Diaz in a non-close situation for the second game in a row, uh, which is questionable because we do have other bullpen arms uh, that haven't pitched in as long. Uh, and Diaz is obviously, we mentioned this last episode, historically bad in non-close situations. Uh, so. Diaz, I think, walks the first batter on four pitches, gets an out, uh, then a single, and then uh, – no, it was a, a double. A triple. a triple. Roman Quinn triple, yeah, drives yeah. him the run. And then and I then think he there's another walk. out Herrera after yep. that, and then he walks Matt Joyce. That, then, that Joyce walk was tough, though, because that was a great at-bat. That was like a 10-11 pitch at-bat. Yeah, and then he gets up against Reese Hoskins. He leaves a 100-mile-an-hour fastball down the middle. Again, explosive stuff, but – Hoskins takes the ball the other way. Hoskins, you know, great hitter, um, takes the ball the other way, and it bounces off the very top of the fence out there. And they have one of those weird fences at Citizens Bank Park, right, where it's kind of tough to tell, at least with the naked eye, whether it clears or bounces off the bleachers or whatnot. And it was originally marked a home run, which would have been a game-tying home run, 8-8. So the Citizens Bank Park is going nuts. Hoskins redeemed himself. Uh, and then upon review, it turns out that it was a double. So then, you know, runners returned to bases. It was 8-7. And we kind of got a lucky break here, I think, because then we brought in Familia, who was able to strike out Harper. So with no regard for Mets fans' blood pressure, the Mets did get the win. But also, you notice in Harper's previous at-bat, he took kind of a bad swing and hurt his wrist and then tried to bunt twice. So I don't think he was healthy. Um, so I, I think he was kind of a little crippled at during that at bat but still kudos to familia don't mean to take anything away from him that was a huge huge situation and great that we could close the door because man a loss in that game would have been very deflated uh loss in that game would have been reminiscent of losing to the yankees yankees that's exactly yeah. what i thought with diaz man uh but yeah familia who really hasn't been in a ton of high leverage situations this year comes in and probably the highest leverage situation all year where the game time runs in second. Phillies have all the momentum. They've just struck three in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, and Bryce Harper's up, who's their best hitter. Uh, and Familia strikes him out, albeit, like you mentioned, Harper didn't look exactly – he wasn't the uh, picture of health in the previous at-bat. But 
it was definitely a solid win, uh, regardless of how fluky it might seem. Uh, it was definitely a win that Mets fans can be happy about. Uh, take two in a row. And now we're finally playing baseball on a consistent basis, too. We've got four four games in a row against St. Louis this week. Uh, but, yeah, I think the bats looked really good the last two days. Uh, and I hope that we can continue to kind of stroke it uh, in St. Louis. And, and this is kind of something we touched on too here, but just this lineup is so good. We don't need everybody to be hitting, to be winning games and scoring runs. And I just want to note too, that we scored more than six runs twice this year. This was the third time we did that. And we did so in one inning. So this is kind of the prominence that this lineup uh, can have and how lethal that they can be. We saw a taste of that tonight. Um, McNeil went four for six, Conforto three for four. Conforto just looked great at the plate. His approach so much better. He's heating up something they also credit to Donnie. Uh, Donnie Stevenson, it's a new hitting coach that, uh, Pete Alonso talked about in a press game conference, I believe after Saturday's game, uh, we don't know who Donnie is exactly, but he's doing a damn good job. Um, so it seems like the Mets are having a little fun, uh, in figuring their way out of kind of a team spread slump. So yeah, eight runs, 17 hits. I will say, uh, the notable player on the Mets who didn't get a hit was Lindor. Uh, he went over five in this game. Left six runners on base. His average is down to 171 for the season. And uh, the ESPN, ESPN announcers kind of touched on it. He seems like his approach, he's not, um, his bat doesn't seem that quick. He's not swinging as decisively, it seems like, as other Mets hitters. What do you think? Should we be concerned about Lindor? Uh, do you think he'll turn around just as quickly as, you know, McNeil and Conforto? What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I do think he'll turn it around. I think it's a little bit different for Lindor than it is to the other players because this is Lindor a lot of – it's the first time he's seeing a lot of these pitchers. Uh, I know we've seen Zach Lewis three times this year, but I'm talking about career-wise. Uh, Lindor's also a better righty hitter than he is lefty. Uh, we haven't really seen that many lefty pitchers. We saw Taylor Rogers from Miami, uh, maybe one or two others sprinkled in there. But uh, for the most part, it's been righty guys, which means Lindor's been betting lefty. So I think it's going to – take a little bit longer for Lindor to finally start recognizing uh, and being more comfortable. I think he's shouldering a big burden right now with not being able to hit that well when the entire team's slumping. He feels like the kind of weight is on his shoulders. And when everybody else is going to begin to hit, I think that it'll start to lift off his shoulders when he's no longer kind of the guy everybody's relying on to produce runs, to hit in clutch situations. And I think that the lessening of that stress will kind of allow him to, uh, to uh, perform better. Yeah. And, and, and that's the point too, right? We have Lindor who's you know, definitely one of the best hitters on the team. He throws up and over for five, the team puts up eight runs. That's great to see, you know, that's definitely a huge silver lining to everything. Even Alonzo had an over four going into that final at bat, but that's really all you need from Alonzo in a big clutch situation. If he can drive in three runs, like he did there changes the whole dynamic of the game. As we saw here, we couldn't, you know, uh, we, we had trouble putting the lid on this game. So great to see the Mets offense heating up. Um, also, uh, I will mention solid start from Peterson too. Uh, he went five innings, allowed one earned run four hits and he struck out eight. Uh, I think McCutcheon let off the game with the home run. So again, I think the one word, um, for, uh, Peterson here is, uh, resilient that I would use to describe him because he's had some bouncy starts, like from his first start to, I think some trouble in early innings and he's able to, uh, compose himself and then pitch out of it in a way that I think is, is very impressive. So again, um, even though we did struggle here, Diaz, uh, also Diaz noted he had some back tightness um, that he was trying to pitch through. So I think he's getting tested today. Hopefully that's nothing too serious uh, so we can get him back out there. But 
gotta love the state of the Mets pitching and, and the bullpen. So, you know, we could start to click on uh, all angles here from, you know, pitching, starting and bullpen, and then also the offense. And hopefully the Mets can go on a tear here in the second month of the season. Yeah. And uh, they're expecting, they were saying it last night on ESPN, they're expecting Carlos Carrasco back for that May 14 series against the Rays, which would be awesome too. Uh, I know the kind of fifth pitching rotation spots a little bit in limbo right now. Lucchese's uh, had two starts. He hasn't really looked that good in either of them. Uh, I think there's the fifth spots up tonight too. They said they're, they mentioned they were going to give DeGrom an extra day's rest. So DeGrom will start tomorrow, but uh, it is interesting uh, who they'll call up either Joey Lucchese or Jordan Yamamoto, who both are in the minor leagues right now. So I don't think they'll go with like a bullpen game. Uh, I, I think that they will call somebody up prior to today's game, maybe put like, J.D. Davis or Brendan Nemo, who both have been kind of injured the last couple of days, maybe put them on the I.L. to clear a spot. But, uh, yeah, I think when Carrasco comes back, you're looking at a much more solid rotation. Uh, they're expecting Lugo back by the end of the month and then Syndergaard back by mid-June. So it sounds like we're going to get a, a big pitching piece back uh, for every two weeks now for the, for the next month and a half. Yeah, that's a great point. And then also I do want to bring up with J.D. Davis and Brendan Nemo being out, these were our two hottest hitters. Uh, to start the year. Obviously, we lost Davis for a little bit of time. Uh, both their injuries seem very minor. Um, I think Davis, too, just has a left-hand contusion. I mean, that's why Peraza was the pinch hitter in that situation. We kind of learned then, because Rojas was a little uh, vague on whether or not Nimmo or JD would be available. So uh, that leads us to believe that you know they are close to returning. Uh, this is you know out of precaution, which which is good. But the fact that we were still able to pull it, put up this many runs when Davis has kind of been you know uh, the powerhouse, uh, you know, he's been hitting for a lot of extra base hits. And then Nimmo, of course, getting on base, we can still score. Um, it makes it that much more like in one circumstance, unlikely from the scope and perspective of this early season. Uh, but also what we've been saying all off season, looking at our lineup, uh, these guys can hit. So love the attitude of, yes, we can hit. We're going to make you get us out. And hopefully we can continue that and start mounting a little run here. Yeah, uh, yesterday in the game, too kind of knew how bad the injury was when it was Tywon Walker, who was pinch hitting over Nimmo or J.D. Davis. But the uh, Brandon Nimmo did play in center field as a defensive replacement, I believe, in the eighth or ninth inning. Uh, so it kind of lent you to believe maybe he's a couple days away from actually being able to hit. Uh, he's not. He's obviously not as hurt as J.D. Davis, who uh, like hasn't been featured in the game since he came out Saturday. But uh, it's good. Uh, yeah, like, like you said, I think the, the Mets bats are starting to heat up outside of J.D. Davis and Nimmo. Alonzo had a great approach yesterday in that eighth inning, dropping all those runs. Uh, and I'm excited because I think this is where the Mets are starting to hit their stride where they're winning games that they probably shouldn't be winning. Uh, like coming back 4-2 in the eighth inning last year was a death sentence. Like you might as well have, you might as well have boarded the team plane and flew off to uh, St. Louis before even batting that eighth inning. That game was over. Uh, and even, even <laughs> the ninth, when we give up three runs, we usually lose that game too. Uh, Familia comes in and usually gives up a two-run home run to Bryce Harper to actually complete the uh, complete the comeback for the Phillies. But I think the Mets are <clears throat> doing a lot of the little things right, and that started with VR yesterday, uh, taking that taking home and tying up that game in that situation. But uh, this is a team that I'm excited for because it seems like we got the rough patch of the season out of the way early. We're typically a very good April team, and it's how and we kind of played April like we usually play our Junes, where like we can't hit. Pitching's been iffy and the bullpen's usually bad. And I feel like we kind of got that out of the way in April. Now it's uh, sky's the limit. 
Yeah, you know, that's a really good point you make. And I feel like this is a more unconventional team for Mets fans in recent years. And the performance has reflected that as well, right? We're normally very strong out the gate. This year kind of flipped. We've been sputtering a little bit. Uh, and then also in recent years, I'd say before uh, 2019, especially, I mean, the first half of 2019, if we were down 4-2 in the eighth, it was like the game was over. We didn't have the offensive firepower to mount a comeback. And you just kind of felt a sense of like dread, but more so finality. Right. Where it's like, ah, well, the game's going to end. I can watch this to see how these hitters are progressing. It's still fun. Like I'm a fan of the game, but I know we're not going to win. It hasn't been the case with this group of guys, which I've been so impressed with, where any deficit doesn't seem like it's too much. And we're always ready to mount a comeback. So uh, great to watch. And then even uh, coming up in the ninth inning, trying to close the door, it feels like that's the game that we do blow, like maybe even last year. But, you know, whether it's the chain of change of ownership, uh, the addition of Lindor, uh, Donnie Stevenson, whatever it is, it seems like there's just a culture change that has taken place within the, within the Mets clubhouse that's also emanating out to the fan base where I can be more positive and optimistic. Uh, that keeps me watching games late because I never know what's going to happen. So it's really exciting to experience that as a fan. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, it's very exciting. And it is a breath of fresh air, too, because I feel like this Mets team and I think you did hit it with the ownership. The fact that kind of Steve Cohen's on uh, Twitter every night talking about how he's disappointed too, how he's not happy with the way the team was going when we went on that really tough offensive streak for three days in a row kind of lends you to believe that like he will do something about it. If the team's not performing the way he wants to perform and just everything's kind of a breath of fresh air where it's, we're never really out of a game. The bullpen looks like they can hold leads if like, if they're given a lead and it's, it's, it's really nice to see. And it's like, Something that, although the season hasn't started the way we've wanted it to start, I think it will go in a direction which we'll be happy with. Yeah, and definitely credit Steve Cohen. That's a good point you made, just being active on Twitter like he was in the offseason. I think it just shows that, you know, he cares because he is watching, you know, uh, and, and he's invested in the team, whereas maybe other owners, uh, you know, they're obviously they might not be on Twitter or they might not interact as much with fans. And that's a tall ask for any owner, especially one coming from New York and for fans supporting the New York Mets. I mean, you see how crazy Twitter can get. So uh, I just enjoy that so much. Definitely a breath of fresh air. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited for the next couple of months here. Mets baseball. Okay. I think that's all we want to cover here. Uh, just some housekeeping items. We got a four game series against the Cardinals coming up and then three at home uh, against the D backs. For the next couple of episodes, Mike will be uh, the sole host of the show. I'm going on a road trip out to California, checking out the Redwoods, Yosemite, ending in L.A. Um, with an RV, some friends from high school. I'm very excited for that. So uh, I'll miss you guys, but I'll be back in late May to catch up with everything. I might not have service, too, so I'll be, be sure to check up on the Mets. Uh, please take care of Mike while I'm gone. Uh, if you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Mike would really enjoy that. Uh, give us a follow at Mets Maniacs Pod. That's always helps. We're on Instagram, Mets Maniacs underscore. He's Mike Bresnax. I'm Ty Wilkes. We're the host of Mets Maniacs. Hope you guys have a great week. Mike, great job. Great job today. Thank you, man. You too. I saw the energy and it reminded me of uh, that 80th inning last night. It really got me fired up to start the show. <laughs> Good, man. Do it for the fans. Okay, we can end the recording there.